You're listening to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Osorio. I'm the author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm also the founder of The School of Reinvention, a community-based coaching platform where we help people define success on their terms and reinvent themselves to make it happen. I believe that as the years pass, our values, passions, and purpose evolve, and we must reinvent ourselves in order to stay aligned with who we really are and what matters to us. This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the School of Reinvention podcast. I am Roger Osorio, your host and a reinvention coach and author of the book, The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passions, and Purpose. I am incredibly excited today to be here with a very special guest, someone who is actually a fellow author from that publishing house that I worked with, New Degree Press. I am here with Miriam Zierbegleit, who is a mother, wife, physician, educator, well-being advocate, and number one best-selling author of the 3G cycle of life, the secrets for achieving joy, meaning, and well-being. Just based on that title, you can see why she totally fits in as a guest for the School of Reinvention podcast. Dr. Z, as she is more commonly known, is a triple board certified physician in internal medicine, geriatrics, and obesity medicine with clinical and academic experience. Dr. Z is interested in the areas of well-being, burnout, mental health, and leadership development. She completed a fellowship in leadership education and development and certification as mental health ally and training as physician wellness advocate. Dr. Z has been recognized for multiple achievements, including Mentor of the Year at the AMWA 2021 and American College of Physicians Young Achiever in 2017. Originally from Peru, Dr. Z has two awesome sons, a caring husband, and a supportive family. Her dream is to help others achieve lives of joy, meaning, and well-being. And, and I'm especially excited because we share the Peruvian part uh, is something we both have in common. I am half Peruvian, the good half. No, both halves are good. <laughs> Miriam, thank you so, so much for the insights you're about to share with us. But let's kick off. Tell, tell us about you in, in just your words. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be here. And hola a todos, for those that speak Spanish. Uh, <laughs> so about me, I realized during COVID that the life that I was pursuing was not really the life that I was dreaming about when I was younger, uh, that I compromised at some point my values. And that meant that I was compromising not only myself, but my family. And I felt that it was time to reset, pass, <laughs> and uh, change the route. And that's where I am right now. I can totally appreciate what you said about, you know, feeling that you were not living a life aligned with your values and and the conflicts that that causes, the stress that that causes. Obviously, when you're not doing that, you're just going through motions. Things are not exciting, even if they are good, they don't feel as exciting anymore. And so it's really important to get back on a path. And I can't wait to hear more about your book, because I know that's what, you know, made me so interested in what you were working on and, and having you as a guest on the podcast is that that your book covers so much about living life on your terms. And I think also just as importantly, what living life on your terms actually means, which is such an important topic. You know, what you said about the life that you were living at one point, 
was not the life that you imagined when you were young. There's a book I found when I did the research for my book, and it has like the perfect title, I think, for what you were oh, saying. Really? <laughs> it's, it's check this out. It's called "This Is Not the Life I Ordered." This oh. is not the life I ordered. <laughs> I need to and, buy that book. I, I recognize and, that. <laughs> and, and it's such an incredible book. I, I used it as part of the research for my book. And it's made up of a lot of short stories. Four women wrote this book sitting around a kitchen table. For years, they supported each other on their respective journeys to reinvention. And they just learned so much of the ups and the downs. They share all of it in here. Really bad moments. Moments where like one of the authors like almost died, you know, had gotten shot and all these things happened. Oh my gosh, like really difficult things. But, you know, through it all, they all had, e they had each other and they wrote this incredible book. But yeah, that title says a lot, right? <laughs> you know, this is not the life I ordered. Sounds like you woke up one day and you realized this is not the life I dreamt of. It's very, it's very painful moment. Uh, that moment of self-awareness is really a scary, uh, a traumatic event, to be sincere, because you have been building this amazing life, or, or maybe not so amazing life, whatever you are confronting right now that is your life. And suddenly, after all that effort, you realize that, that doesn't represent me. <laughs> I work so hard. I compromise so many things. I even put myself on, at risk or uh, uh, in uncomfortable situations for nothing because this is not me and this is not what I want. So it's hard. And if, if you do it, you know, in the younger age, it's kind of okay. You can <laughs> reassess and change. But when you are in the older ages of your life, it's a uh, Painful because you cannot go back on time and you cannot revert or change certain things that already happened. And, and that's the sad part of the story when you cannot, you know, change what happened. You know, it's interesting what you said about like when we've gone down a path for so long, it feels like, wow, like, you know, this is not what I expected. And in your case, you know, going into medicine, I mean, I, I, did you do all of your medical studies in the U.S. or a combination of U.S. and Peru? Or? So I did everything in Peru. I worked as a physician mm -hmm. for 10 years there. And then I okay. came here to start from zero. <laughs> so yeah. I did it twice. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that path is so long, right? And, and I know in the U.S. here, it's like such a long path. Four years of university, four years of medical school, medical school, a couple of years of residency. And then if you have a specialty, maybe more years of residency. And if you want another even finer specialty, you're adding like, um, what is it, a fellowship to fellowship. that? So it, it, so it can go on and on. And we're talking like we're already over a day. There you go. And you're like, you know, triple board certified. So we know you went through all the extra fellowships. So, you know, we're talking over a decade of education. I feel like in this case, you know, gosh, if you feel like you invested a lot in a path and you have a four-year degree, imagine how someone who has a 12 or 14-year degree feels when they think, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, what do I do now? Like in my case, I love medicine. I am absolutely mm -hmm. in love. I had the chance to you know, do something different when I came to this country and I selected the same career, the same specialty, the same type of yeah. job. So my problem was not really related to the career. Sometimes mm -hmm. it happens that it's related to, to the career and, and that yeah. is fair too. In my case was the way that I was practicing my career. Uh, so 
I, I will keep my title and all the knowledge will be helpful, but now I need to reassess how do I practice medicine in a way that is under the umbrella of my principles, my, my values, and, and something that makes me feel proud. And it's, it's, it's difficult. Uh, and, and when you were we were talking, you explained to me that many of those individuals that you are mentoring and that probably are right now hearing us are those that they feel like they cannot escape from the place where they are, right? And that they uh, they are not necessarily enjoying and they are thinking about how, how I do something that makes me happy. No matter what you are doing, no matter your age, no matter the situation, this is a difficult time. This is a very difficult time. This is a scary time because being part of the status quo, being comfortable, even miserable, feels easier than going out of this safe place that we maybe hate <laughs> and try something that is uncomfortable, that is new. But the only way to realize that there are other possibilities and that there is water in that pool is to jump. And we need to explore what is outside the comfort zone to really find the alternative and to really find a solution to the nightmare that we are living in this status quo that we, you know, that we perpetuate because it's our decision to perpetuate the nightmare. We can wake up uh, if we want, <laughs> but many yeah. times we don't do it because of fear. Yeah. And, and I think you're touching on some really popular, if you will, <laughs> barriers to actually moving into something that is maybe less comfortable or less certain or less known by us because we don't have much, we don't have that much experience in it. And that's why like when a lot of times what I teach is, you know, the power of a small three month passion project or side hustle, whatever it is. But bottom line is some sort of project that ends very quickly requires minimal commitment so that you don't feel the stress. And the so to use your metaphor about the pool, <laughs> it's maybe an alternative. Okay. You still have to get in the pool, but I'm going to give you a way to get in using the little ladder in the shallow part of the pool. And you're only going to be in the pool for, a, you know, 30 minutes or so, and then you're going to come right out. And then when you feel ready, because you've done that enough times, you're jumping in the deep end and the water's still there. I promise <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it's there because you already went in the shallow end. You already tried the projects. And so I love that metaphor. I'm probably going to start borrowing it quite you a bit. You can use it. Uh, there we go. I have official approval. It's here. It's, yeah. it's on record. It's legal. I have a, there we go. Um, but, but let's jump to, you know, we, we have a few topics we want to talk about today. One of them is your journey to becoming an author. Um, and the reason why I'm, there are many reasons why I want to talk about this. Of course, as an author myself, like I also now know what the journey is like. But what I really want to focus on as well is the, the balance between this project and your full-time work. Um, because of course, writing a book is not a small task and it's definitely not, doesn't qualify as a small project. <laughs> no. So tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming an author and also talk a little bit about the, you know, this project while you were working. So to be sincere, I, I had a big imposter syndrome, uh, that is that English is not my first language. So I was terrified and that this was my first book. 
And I didn't know exactly what I was doing, to be sincere. I was going through a very difficult time in my job. I was uh, in a point that I was writing small and probably that's, that's your 30 minutes uh, trial, right? I was, uh, uh, I was posting and, and writing articles, small articles to advocate for well-being initially and doing a small podcast. And I found that was very therapeutic for me and a very good way to vent and to advocate and to kind of create awareness. So when the opportunity of the book came, I thought, okay, this will be a prolonged article, right? (laughs) And, And that's actually how I saw it. But I didn't know the impact that it will be in my professional and personal life. And to be sincere, it saved my life because gave me a new meaning, gave me a new purpose, kind of a reason to wake up in the morning. I was waking up miserable to go to work in a place where I didn't feel happy anymore, that didn't represent me, where I saw abuse and and, and things that were not aligned with me and my values. But I knew that later or in the weekend, I will be doing something that makes me happy, makes me proud. And, and was kind of a buffer. And I believe that what you are trying to inculcate in the, in the minds of, of your mentees, right? That is, have this extra in your life. Have this extra in your life that makes you happy, that gives you hope, that compensates for maybe the drama that you are going through. And that allows you to see life, not just based on the bads, but based on the reality and the reality is life is more complex and you will have bads and you will have goods. So that was my good plus my family, of course, and, and other things. And, and I feel like that's what made it so valuable for me. It was a way to heal myself and to compensate for the difficult times that I was going through. That is super powerful. There's a lot to unpack there. You know, first was this idea that this project, which was a bigger project, it was a deep end project, began with, to your point, shallow end of the pool projects. You started off by writing articles, you started off with a podcast, and then in your mind, the book was just like, in your words, a longer article, like a really long article that ran on for for like 200 pages. (laughs) 300 in this case. 300 pages. Wow. Okay, there we go. Yeah. But I like that because I, I think right there that shows that you know, one of the things that I have found talking to different people who have reinvented themselves is the role that a project played in creating that or paving the way for that reinvention. It's not that this one project, boom, exploded and became something magical that changed everything overnight or even in a year or two. It's the gradual steps. It's that this one project gave way to the next project, which gave way to the next thing, writing articles, writing more articles, doing a podcast writing a long article that then started to look like a book, by then you're like kind of walking into the deep end. You know, you don't even, you're not even jumping necessarily. I think to keep the metaphor going, you're just nice and slowly and safely swimming into the deep end with more confidence that, hey, I can be here and this is comfortable and this is fine. This isn't so bad anymore. And I think that that's important. Can you tell us a little bit about the thoughts and feelings that went into starting that initial project, writing articles and podcasts, how did you arrive at that action? Because you took action and that's what's different between your story and maybe others who are only thinking about it. The first article that I wrote was during COVID when I got COVID. 
I was by myself in a room in my house, separated from my family. And it was very scary because I was one of the first ones in my hospital to get sick. So we didn't have vaccines. We didn't know anything. We didn't know even for how long we have to be separated. And, and I was uh, afraid of what will happen with my kids, if they will get it and etc. And I was able to hear my kids crying in their rooms, asking if mommy will die. And, and that's the first, the first article that I wrote that was very personal. After that, I thought that that was it until I, I read an article about a woman, a physician that died by suicide uh, because, um, you know, not feeling comfortable to go back to, to the hospital after delivering a baby, having a baby that was very small, something that I had to do. So I knew the feeling. And she was a successful doctor. She didn't have any red flag in the past. And I asked myself why this happened to her and it didn't happen to me. Like, what's the difference? We are in the same place, in the same situation, almost the same age, the same career. And what's the difference? And and I use that story and then many other stories to kind of to start a process of advocacy. It's like when we will start talking about this, when we will save our own lives, when we will save the life of others. So I was very upset, very frustrated and very scared when I started to write. And that's why I say that this was very helpful later when it, it became a book, uh, because even the book was supposed to be a venting opportunity and was started for the wrong reason. I wanted to make everybody aware of the broken healthcare system and how many people are suffering and etc. During the process of writing the book, this chapter of burnout, the stress, and negative outcomes became one chapter of 20 other chapters. So I was able to heal while I was writing. And I understand that I am not this negative person. I am not the person that wants to destroy things. I am not the person that wants to vent. I am the person that wants to heal others, that wants to create positive impacts. So the book transformed from a venting opportunity to just a book that talks about these things and brings solutions to the table. And that's how I heal during the process. And I believe that's the way that I want to make others heal too. One of the things that comes to mind that stood out is, you know, obviously there was a moment like COVID that put you in a room where all of a sudden you're like, well, what else do I do here? Maybe I sit down and write some articles, but this inspiration you had, like, but what do you write about? Right. You know, we can, we can all say, I want to write more, but what do I write? And then we have this problem. Like, I don't know what to, but you had this inspiration. And what I'm getting from this inspiration is that you, it was no longer, you weren't looking to write about you. Like it wasn't like, oh, what's my idea? Or what's an idea I can share with the world that I want to bring to the world? And then I'll write an article on that. Instead, you went out from yourself and you looked to others. Like, let me take interest in others and let me see like what I can write for another audience or what I can write about that pertains to other people. And one of the things that I have found, again, talking to a lot of people and even in my own stories is that when we get into these projects, sometimes the hardest thing about starting a project is that we're afraid of failing in the project. But the thing is that that often is because we are so 
the, the project is so much about me or I, you know, it's about us, right? And if we fail at this, then, then we are failures because it's my project. It's my idea that I'm putting out into the world. And so what I often find that um, some really successful people do when they get off, when they get started with their projects is their projects tend to have something to do with other people, which means they get out of their own head and they focus on others. And you focus on someone else. You focus on this woman's story who tragically took her life because the mental health challenges that she was facing from her job. And they got you focused on someone else. Now it's not about you anymore. Now it's about her. And then to your point, if also like took the form of advocacy, which is totally about other people. How do I advocate for others who are struggling right now? You're fortunate, you know, in your situation, it sounds like you weren't struggling as badly as that person. That person obviously was at the extreme end of struggling and you wanted to advocate for people who were probably closer to that. So I think that's a really important distinction because if someone listening to this is thinking about bringing a project to life, it doesn't have to start as this amazing world changing idea <laughs> that only you possess like no like s- simply focus on like who can i help who not what is what i often say like who can i help not what can i do you'll figure out what you can do once you know who you want to help and i believe that is uh you need to focus on something that makes you raise your heartbeat something that gives you or, or makes you feel passionate Right, I, I believe that passion and purpose and meaning are very powerful words and very powerful feelings. When you are doing this for something, because you want to achieve something, especially for others as, as a servant leader, it will be easier to continue even in front of challenges because you know why you are doing this and you know what could be the outcome and how much you can impact others what, with what you are doing. And, and, and that is, I believe that the win formula because it keeps you going and the outcome will help others for sure. Yeah. And, and what you just said about, you know, having that alignment, uh, powerful words, and I would say motivating elements or aspects of a project. If you can have that by design in the project, there's meaning, there's purpose, there's alignment with my passions and, and my values. All of a sudden, the motivation is at the highest level. It doesn't matter. All of a sudden, failure doesn't matter as much as getting to the finish line. You're like, failure is just a small obstacle along the way to the finish line. I'm going to the finish line one way or another. I might crawl to the finish line. <laughs> you know, I might barely make it to the finish line, but I will make it to the finish line. And I think what you just said that's what drives us to do that, to persist and persevere through those moments. Let's face it, failure or the fear of failure comes with ego, right? Mm-hmm. We are afraid of failing because, oh my gosh, what people will say about me. If we will be doing this in secret, nobody will care, right? Okay, oh, shh, don't say nothing about this. Nobody will know that I failed. But we, we connect failure and ego. And when you are a servant leader and when you are doing this for others, your ego normally gets to a side because this is not around you. This is around others. So you remove yourself from the ego and and from this um, uh, selfish right, uh, character and, and you become someone that really is an advocate and that is doing this maybe even in an altruistic approach 
forgetting about how I will feel, but how I will make feel others. And again, that's that's powerful. And, and I want to add another catalyst that for me is fundamental and is outside us, that is exactly others, right? Mm-hmm. The support that we receive from others. We need to be able to do these things as a team. And, and as a team could be your mom, you know, preparing the coffee for you and your kids, cheerleading you and your husband calling you all day because he wants you to finish and, and, and do this and, and be happy. So so we need to be able to include others and to, to make others part of this uh, to be successful. We cannot achieve big things without the support of others. That's a great point. I think, uh, you know, the other thing that I that I like about projects and that I always advocate about when it comes to projects is that it's an opportunity to engage with others. It's an opportunity to activate your network, to activate your mentors and really challenge that everybody in your network to step up and really be able to help you because now there's something specific that they can help you with. You're no longer picking their brain. You're no longer trying to sit down for a coffee chat to ask a few questions. No, I, I need help. I'm doing this thing, this project, and I need help to get this project from where it is now to where it needs to be. And you have something that I need or you can help me. And yeah, and and that team could look so many ways. It's not just our network. Like you said, it could be your mother who <laughs> makes a coffee for you. It could be your husband who doesn't call you <laughs> so that you can finish your work. I love that. Um, whatever, whatever it takes for the team to really come together. The other thing I wanted to talk about was something you shared about the journey to becoming an author. And it's that the book you wrote was not the book you set out to write. You know, the book that was published, I should say, was not the book you started writing. You started writing a book to to vent and to really be pissed off at the system um, and to really let them have it. Goodness gracious, you have to be so upset to say that I'm going to write a 300 page book just to show you how angry I am at everything that this system stands for. Like, I mean, wow, that is I was very you know, some, upset. Pe- some people, some people write a nasty tweet, you know, or they say, or a nasty like uh, post on LinkedIn. That's what some people do to vent. You write 300 page books to vent. However, in the process, I love what you shared so openly was that, you know, you went into it with these intentions but in the end, those intentions only deserved one chapter out of 20 or so. And I think that right there is really interesting because I experienced something similar in the sense that the book that I began to write was not the book that I published. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey to watching your book really just change? It sounds like it was just evolving right in front of your eyes. How did that feel? Tell us what you learned from that. More than evolving, it was transforming, right? It was from a caterpillar that didn't look very nice <laughs> to a beautiful, uh, colorful uh, butterfly. That, by the way, is part of the 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 cover of my of my book. The butterflies, uh, probably in big part because of that transformation. It was a good feeling. Oh my goodness, I feel so relieved when I found myself. I feel so happy of being able to talk about this same topic without all this, I I don't know, anger that I was holding inside of me. Uh, I was really, I am still very upset uh, about the things that happened in the healthcare system. I am very frustrated. 
I am disappointed to know that today 46,000 individuals die by suicide in the United States every year, that 400 of those are physicians, and many of those are nurses and, and, and healthcare workers in general. Of course, I am upset. And this gets to a different level when we say that 500 of those individuals are kids between 6 and 10 years old, that is the ages of my kids. So yes, I am upset. The big difference is what I am doing with those feelings. I am not anymore that person that wants to destroy everything and blame others about this. Now I am the person that wants to use that information and try to find solutions and try to inspire others and try to bring awareness in a positive way. And, and that's really good for myself because I am not that person. I am this person. And I was able to recover myself and my soul and, and, and the way that I see life through the pages of this book, but even most important, through the lives and the knowledge and the experiences of the 30 plus individuals that I interview, because each conversation was psychotherapy. <laughs> each conversation was an awakening moment. And I am very grateful for, for those that participate in the book actively as, as part of it, like, you know, doing the editions and helping me with, with the grammar, etc. But especially for those that share their stories and their knowledge, because they help me to find myself. A really interesting thing I just caught there. The book project started with your ego. It yes. started with venting. Like it was all about me venting. Like I need to vent. I hate this system. This It angers me and I must vent. And like you said, it wasn't serving you and it wasn't serving the book and you found a better way. You know, the moment you got out of yourself and into others, you were like, well, this doesn't serve others. This serves me to vent. And in the end, it equated to, oh, this venting is only worth one chapter. And the other 19 are dedicated to the people that this book is written for, to serve them, to help them. And the moment you got out of your head, you were able to produce 19 way more constructive chapters than a destructive venting kind of complaining chapter. It's much better for sure, believe me. Much better for sure, because there are positive messages, alternative opportunities, right? And that's what life is about, is to be in front of challenges and be in front of adversity and even in front of this type of feelings, right, that sometimes we label as negative. Feelings are not negative. What we do with our feelings is what could be positive or negative, right? And really use this as an opportunity to grow and to, and, and to create positive things, right? And if you ask me, what do I want to let people know about the book? Is that we have the power inside of us. And that that's what I learned. I, I learned that the power is inside of me and I can't take the decision of being very upset and be destructive and, and, and burn out and cry or I can use all these feelings and do something positive with that. And that's what I decided. And, and if I was able to do it, anybody else can do it, right? And, and, and that's the goal, to empower people to regain the control of how they feel how they act and how they create a life for themselves and for others. I love that. And I think that that right there, that point of what 
the book journey did for you in terms of helping you experience all those feelings and be able to see what the possibilities were. I mean, for uh, for us as authors, that's one of the beautiful parts of that journey. The other thing I wanted to touch on before we move on to the next topic is this idea you mentioned earlier in general about just even the writing the articles when you were going through that and starting the book as well, was that this is something you looked forward to when it was time to write for the book on the weekends. And you made a really great point that, you know, work won't always be perfect, but just because that's the case doesn't mean that you can't create something else in your life that is perfect, that is perfectly aligned. And, and, and that these things in your words, you know, it's, it was a reason to wake up in the morning. You know, you also said it's something that makes you happy and gives you hope. And I think those are really, you know, if you're, especially if you're in a tough work situation, if you're disengaged and you're really just not into the work you're doing, we need some of that happiness. We need that hope. We need something that makes us wake up in the morning. We need that fulfillment. And, you know, the way you presented it, these projects in your life served, it wasn't about, you know, I started the question by asking you, tell me about balancing this project with your full-time job. And I feel like you you kind of touched it on it's in a different way. You yeah. said it's like a counterweight yeah. to the things that are not good in your life. So I'm like, wow, so it is it is beyond balance. I mean, it's it's not like, oh, how do I juggle and manage this? No, it's like without this, my life is like this, like yeah. extremely like negative and a lot of problems and all of that. I needed this in order to bring things into balance. Without this extra project, life is not in balance. And that's powerful. That's super important for like what a project can do for someone in their life in a very difficult moment. It's magical and doesn't have to be a book. Could be whatever. Could be going to volunteer to a nursing home or to teach a kid that is having, I don't know, problems at school. Whatever they choose, right? And doesn't have to be something that tomorrow you will sell or that will give you money. Uh, it's just something that makes you feel proud of yourself and that gives you this alignment, right? Uh, and this alignment with who you are and give you also the sensation and, and the feeling that you are on control, at least on a part of your life, right? There are things that you will not be able to control, that your boss that you, <laughs> you hate or that the system that you dislike is controlling. But, but the truth is that many times we decide to put ourselves in a victim situation because it's more comfortable, right? It's easier to blame my colleague, my boss, the system, the president, whoever we want to blame. It's not my fault, right? And, and I am miserable because of them. But we are all adults here. And we know that we have the power of decision. And sometimes we decide, when we decide to stay in a place that we hate, we are taking that decision. No taking decisions is taking a decision of not taking decisions, as funny as it sounds, right? So we are responsible of the outcomes of doing or not doing. We are responsible of our lives. We don't want to make it obvious because that comes with responsibility. But adults, we have responsibility. Or we should stop complaining and start doing if you don't like what is in front of you, change it. If you do not, you cannot change it, so change where you are, right? Or change yourself or change your expectations. But keeping the status quo and complain every day is not a solution. 
you're absolutely right. Like not taking a decision. I love that idea right there. It is a form of taking a decision. You are making a choice to not act, to not do anything about it. And we all have an opportunity to act in some way to make our situation better. You know, I have found that because it's, and, and not just like in my own stories, but just in people who have had even worse situations. And when I think about my worst situations, I always found that there was a way I could act. It didn't, something I could do that would help the situation or at least provide a counterweight to the negative in my situation. And that counterweight could be just what I need to have the courage, the power, the strength to then handle the difficult situation. Because we, I want to handle the, situ- the difficult situation. I just need a little strength. I need a little fuel. We have the ability to do that and find that in some way. I want to move on to a couple other topics that we were going to talk about. But let's talk about the book itself and then kind of how the book led to something interesting in your life uh, that's happened recently. But let's start with the book. Teach us a little bit from the book. Help us understand a few of the key ideas from the book. Obviously, we only have we don't have a lot of time, so we'll still have to buy your book so that we can learn the rest. So the book actually presents a new paradigm of life. We have been living our lives. I have been living my own life thinking that life is linear. But for some reason, uh, doing some introspection, the truth is that I do not see life linear. I see life like a continuity of cycle after cycle, like if it's a video game. And I don't play video games, but I see my kids playing video games. And, and, and I have fun seeing this character trying to collect you know, stars or superpowers, right? The skills, knowledge through through the through the field. And sometimes at the first attempt, my kids are able to go to the next level, but majority of the times they die like five times, right? <laughs> and they have to start again because they are not really dead as until they learn the skills and they can go to the second level. So imagine this concept in our real life. How did we learn to drive a car? We didn't sit in the car and we did it. We, we tried several times and probably someone like my mom will be screaming and say, don't do that, don't do that. And you will try again till finally you have your license and you are driving your car. And maybe a test to be a doctor or picking the right woman to get married, right? Probably nobody find the first, you know, lady to be the right one. So if we think about life, we, we enter in these levels, right? And and we have a challenge in front of us or a goal. And not always we will get the result at the first of them, but we can try again. And, and, and not getting married with the first girl doesn't mean that you fail. It's just that that was not the first one. Nobody will feel guilty about that, but we feel so guilty about so many other things. So for me, my levels or my cycles are composed by three important components. The number one is goal. That's the first G. I believe that life for me starts with what do I want or what do I need to do? Sometimes it's a mandatory thing from society, right? You need to finish a school or you need to have your house at this age or you need to have kids because you're a woman in some cultures, right? Sometimes they are dreams. I want to write a book. I want to go to Italy. So I start with this goal. And 
if you prepare your goal in a good way and you set, you know, appropriate expectations and, and timelines and you have a good plan, probably that goal will become reality at some point. But now that you have your goal, you need the energy to keep going, right? The motivation, perseverance. That's my second G, grit, right? That keeps you moving even if you find catalysts in front of you, even if things happen, you, you, you keep going. Then you have, supposedly, you close the, the cycle with achieving your goal. But the truth is that majority of that times or many times, we don't achieve the goal, at least at the first attempt. And maybe because you change your mind, oh, I was thinking to marry a doctor, but I realized that I don't want to talk about medicine all my life. So better I find someone that is not in medicine, I will have a healthier environment at home, right? Nothing wrong about that. I changed my mind. I don't want a doctor as a husband anymore. Or I don't want a Ferrari because now I have four kids at home and I need a van so I can put all the, you know, bicycles and and balls and etc. to the park. Did you fail? No, you change your goals because your life looks different. Sometimes you will not achieve your goals because they are not for you and, and, and you try, you try, you try and they are not there. But there is something that you will achieve no matter what if you want to and if you allow yourself to grow. You will learn, you will develop new skills, you will get savvier and you will be able to go to the next level of your life or the next cycle, uh, be the stronger and being ready for the next challenges. I love the way you put that because there's 300 pa- there's 300 pages in a book that explain this and you also do such a great job of summarizing it into how the cycle is experienced by people. And this idea of, you know, we start with a what, then we persevere to get to the to the end. The end doesn't necessarily have to be a win, it could be a loss, it could be failure, it could be success, it could be whatever it is. But there's always an opportunity if we choose it. And I thought that was a really important distinction that you mentioned. If you allow yourself to, you said you can grow from that. And when I think about just my my journey to reinvention, I feel like, yeah, like this cycle sums it up. You know, I had as I go through the journey to reinvention, through my journey to reinvention, the goal changed after, you know, every few years, the goal changed. You know, I went from being in national account sales to teaching math. To, to teaching entrepreneurship, to uh, working uh, as an executive coach at a tech company, eventually then becoming an author, an, an entrepreneur, all these things, these are different what's. And, and along the way, there were many other what's that were smaller projects that ended in growth, regardless of whether they failed or succeeded. And the majority failed. These were the, the ones I just mentioned were the ones that actually made it. But there were plenty of other things. I tried to become a um, an agent in the music industry. <laughs> that that was a massive failure. But I learned a lot. And by the way, uh, you know, I it, I don't know what the G would be for this, but I had a lot of fun in the process of at least trying. So you know, we'll have to find <laughs> a, a synonym for fun that starts with G, and I'll add that to the cycle. But it will be it will be the next edition Eagles. of the book. Giggles, giggles, giggles. I love it. Giggles. That's the 4G cycle. I'll be like, it's edition two. You should get edition two. But anyway, I, I, I think this is a really great way of helping people see even just at the project level. The project is your goal, right? You define that goal in a smaller way, something you could do in three months. 
And then from there, you know, the grit, the resilience that it takes to persevere and keep going through the difficulty. To your point, you know, you're going to encounter things that are uncomfortable. You're going to explore skills and areas and things that you don't have experience with. And as a result, that will feel difficult. That will feel uncomfortable. And it will require grit to persevere through that. And then regardless of what happens, win or lose, you end up with growth. And what a great way you shared uh, the, the metaphor you shared with your children playing video games, because a video <laughs> game is such a great example of that. As long as they don't stop playing the video game, they're always growing. Even if they lose and they have to start the game again and reset and begin again, it's they're, they're basically going back to goal, some more grit and, you know, another learning, but back to goal, grit, learning, back to goal, grit, learning until they can beat that level or, you know, beat that game. Or change their mind or just decide this is not for me. I don't like this game anymore. I want another game like we can like another career, another car or another boyfriend. Right. So yeah. uh, a great point. You're right. It doesn't even have to be the same thing forever. And perhaps that's what makes this cycle so inclusive of all of this is that it's not a cycle for success. It's a cycle for growth and fulfillment. Yes. And that if you're going through this, you're achieving fulfillment, guaranteed. Fulfillment is like guaranteed from this cycle, regardless of the outcome. And you can always, if this is not the right thing for you, you can change to something else, as you said. And the question, I believe, when you start the the, the goal or, or the cycle, and when you set the goal and, and, and you are even close to finish this cycle is, what did they learn? Mm -hmm how I am different from the person that started with the first G. Now I'm in the last part of this cycle. What is new? What, what skill do I have that I didn't? What do I know about myself that I didn't know? Because it's on a stress, right? It's in front of challenges that we discover these superpowers that we didn't even know that we had, right? Suddenly you are really in the pool and you discover that you are swimming, right? That's what happens to kids when they throw them in the water, right? That's how, and they start like floating. They don't know what they are doing, but they, are, they survive. So uh, we need to be exposed to these situations. We need to be exposed to, to, to uh, the uncomfortable, to, to really know who we are and to get to know it ourselves in, in a deep way. So let's take this and transition to this last part, that last thing we're going to talk about, because it sounds like, you know, your cycle led to a, I want to change the game. I want to change the game. Yes. And, and, and <laughs> there's a new game you're going to be playing. Tell us about the new game that you're going to be playing. Well, I decided to kind of to continue with my own story. I, I believe in change. I embrace change, even if it's uncomfortable. And I believe that cycles close and cycles get open. So I am closing the cycle of being someone that works for the healthcare system in a way where I don't feel comfortable and that doesn't represent me. And I am exploring now uh, my life as an entrepreneur and I am opening my, my own practice, which is absolutely scary. I am terrified. So uh, if someone is going through the same, I understand is really, really challenging. But at the same time, it's so exciting, right? I am I am was doing maths uh, before <laughs> joining the, the, the show uh, and trying to understand numbers. Uh, and again, it's, it's part of the new things that I will learn. It's part of the new things that I will uh, develop. It's a way to be true to myself. 
and to find that place that represents me and that place where I belong. And for those that are right now suffering in their jobs, right, or in, in a home where they don't feel safe or, or happy or in, you know, in a career that doesn't represent who they are, there is always the option to transform yourself to someone else. There is always the option to find another job, another career. And when you look like I did and one job and the second and the third, they're still not who you are and what makes you happy. Well, create it. Create the world for yourself. Create the perfect job for yourself. Create the life for yourself. It will be easier no, it's not easy, but it's possible. That's a really important distinction, I think, because a lot of times people are thinking, when is the right time for me to go on my own? You know, is this the moment I go on my own? And I think you just gave it a lot of clarity in terms of it's a process of trying many things. And and then for you, it was after looking through a lot of opportunities that might be a good fit for you and finding that there weren't good fits for you and good fits for your values, your passions and your purpose, you realize that, look, I've tried and now mm-hmm. I feel ready, uh, even though to your point, it's going to be hard. I feel ready to begin building my next chapter. I'm going to take this one on my own and I'm going to go ahead and build this one. And no doubt you'll come back, you'll do what you did earlier. What you said earlier, you talked about just like you treated a project, you'll you'll find your team, you know, everyone that the yeah. people you need. <laughs> to surround you, to help you make this possible. And I, I, that's what I love so much about the story is that you took it upon yourself after many attempts. You didn't jump right into it. You had a process. And I find that a lot of people, they might be considering entrepreneurship, but they're still not sure if it's right for them. And it's not right for everybody. And, it, it, and it's not even about right, honestly. It's about, do you even want, going back to you know your goal, like to the, the 3G cycle, is this what you want? <laughs> I mean, maybe you don't want it and there's something else that you want. Well, then that's good. Go after what you want. And what you wanted, you could not find in another package, in another solution. And you found it in entrepreneurship. That became what you wanted. So it doesn't matter if you're right for it or not. It sounds like based on this conversation and and your book and also other conversations with you, you are you know, of the growth mindset. And when it comes to this type of work to your career, and you're just going to figure it out, you're going to learn. That's the grit. You're going to go grit on this. You're going to yeah. go the grit section. <laughs> the grit part of this cycle is going to be on fire for a while as oh, you figure yeah. it out. <laughs> yes. And what I want to say is there is no perfect timing. Um, women ask themselves all the time, when is the perfect time to have a kid? No perfect timing. Uh, if you are too old, it's not perfect. If you are too young, it's not perfect. There's not a perfect timing. It's a time that you feel that is perfect for you. And perfect doesn't mean that will be easy. Perfect doesn't mean that you have all the answers. Perfect means that what you're saying, that you have the mindset and that you are ready to embrace the change and embrace the challenge and to understand that you may not get what you want, but there is always plan B, plan C. And that's, that's what I try to convince myself in the moments that I have panic attacks, right? Because I go through them too. It's not that I am so relaxed and everything will be like, no, I have real panic attacks where I am like, oh my gosh, what I am doing, right? It's like, I am crazy. 
Uh, and, that, and in those moments, uh, and especially having conversations with my husband or with my friends, we go to the point of, okay, what's the worst scenario that this doesn't work, right? So the worst scenario is that in a few months from now or in a couple of years from now, I will be looking for another job that maybe I will not like or that may not fit me or maybe I will find another thing that will be just for me. But you will never know if you don't try. You will never know if there is water if you don't jump into the pool. You know, I, I love that question about what's the worst thing that can happen. And, you know, there was a, a time in my journey when I was thinking about quitting my first corporate job. And I answered that question, but I came up with an answer that I did not expect. I, I came up with the answer that the worst thing that could happen is that I stay where I am and regret. And then 20, 30 years from now, regret never having taken this opportunity to try something that I knew I was interested in. It's one thing if I didn't have anything of interest, and, and in my case, I did have something that I, that my heart was really excited about. And when I answered that question, I was like, whoa, I was supposed to think of worst case scenarios if I do pursue this thing. And the worst case scenario is not pursuing this thing. That's the worst thing that could happen. And so I knew, well, then if that's the worst that can happen, then by doing this. So I would even argue that the worst thing that could happen for you would be that it would be not pursuing this and at least exploring this possibility. Again, if we go through your cycle, regardless, you're going to get growth. Whether this succeeds or fails, you will have growth. And and I'm guessing this is a game that you're going to come back and keep trying. You're not going to change this game for a little while. You are going to come back and no. say, reset the game. We're starting again. <laughs> I'm a tough cookie for sure. I will tell you what's my secret to take decisions. Uh, and I am I am very difficult to take decisions. For me, it's very challenging because I go over things, right? But but uh, with the years, I simplify it. I, I think about the moment that I go to bed at night. And if I can lay down, and besides my kids bothering me, right, and calling me, but if I can lay down and think like, okay, it was a good day. I'm proud of myself and I am happy that I will sleep and tomorrow I will wake up and it will be a good day, no matter the challenges, I, I took the right decision. If I am in my bed thinking like, oh my gosh, tomorrow again, or oh my gosh, this day, right? Something wrong is happening. So go back to your heart, go back to, to how you feel and, and go back in front, put yourself in front of the mirror and ask yourself, is this something that makes me proud? Do I, I am proud of the life that I am living? Is this who I want my kids to remember in the future? Is this the example that I am giving to them? Or, and if it's not, and if you are not proud of who you are and the life that you are living, please do something about it because it's in your hands. You have that power. Can you share with us your, your dream vision? for this next chapter of your life. Paint the picture for us that would just be the most, at least in your mind today, the most outstanding outcome. So the next chapter of my life looks like me being able to take decisions. I want to recover the ability to manage my time and manage the way that I do things uh, without feeling uh, that I am a slave and I, 
I am satisfying others instead of myself, my family, my needs, the needs of my patients. That's what I am looking forward. I'm looking forward for feeling happy, fully happy. I, I miss that deep happiness of knowing that what you are doing is who you are. I, I want that feeling. I want to recover myself fully. I am in half the way, but I want to go back to Miriam at five, six, seven years old, dreaming to do things and, you know, and having these butterflies inside of me. Uh, yes, that's what I want. And I want my kids to see that. I love that. I love that. That is that is your reinvented life is what you're painting for us. And, you know, the, the key things that I took away from that was one, you know, your, your, the way you make decisions will be very different in this next chapter Two, the control you'll have over your time, not feeling like a slave to others or to, <laughs> uh, or to time, but really, you know, you decide what is right, what is best and being able to do that. And then of course, the happiness that comes from that, from being able to do all those things. And that happiness sounds like it will, like you said, it will look a lot like the five, six or seven year old Miriam, um, you know, and getting back to that. Uh, and I love this part that you added. It sounds like one of your drivers for this, one of your motivators for this is for your children to see this so that they can have a great example of what your the, the this life is um, so that they can also learn from it and maybe start closer to that. We need to teach our kids that not everything is about work, that success has many types of definitions, uh, that well-being is something that we need to really pursue uh, and then life is ours and I, and I want to use something that my seven he was seven years old when he said that and I repeat it and I have it in my book my boy told me this is your life this is your choice this is your journey and it's meaningful anyway but coming from a seven-year-old is even <laughs> deeper uh, and this is the truth right we want to teach our kids and we want to also live by that this is our life, this is our choice, and this is our journey. And, and let's do it 100%. And let's do it, you know, in a way that we are true to ourselves because we have just one life. That is the mic drop moment. That's where we wrap this up. Miriam, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.